Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast on this beautiful, beautiful, B-E-A-utiful Monday afternoon. I am Tyler Hayward. With me, as always, is Jeremy File. And we just want to take the time to thank you for putting us on your radar today. Because apparently that's not always the case in Ann Arbor. That's what makes what happened on Saturday so sweet every time it happens when you have a quarterback got embarrassed by a middle linebacker all day still running his mouth after he gets it handed to him and that arrogance as Mark D'Antonio said it starts at the top we know exactly where it starts Jeremy knows exactly where it starts and I'm going to let him have his moment of glory I had mine last week after Michigan State got just housed by Rutgers. But really quick, I just want to point out a couple of things. Jeremy said Joe Milton couldn't throw the ball deep and accurate. Michigan State planned for that. They helped out everybody underneath and loaded the box. I said the only way Michigan State's going to win is to throw the deep ball because the only person in college football who's been as stubborn as Mark D'Antonio over the last few years, and with lesser results, mind you, is Don Brown and that one-on-one coverage, that island that he leaves his cornerbacks on. That was the case on Saturday. I do want to apologize to Connor Hayward and Mel Tucker because they picked up the slack, and Mel Tucker had a much better game plan, made much better adjustments this time around, and at this point, we don't know if Michigan State's good or not, I'm probably still leaning towards not because even if you overlook Rutgers, you should still be able to beat them. But Michigan State came out with a game plan that was very, very effective on Saturday. And like I said, Joe Milton running his mouth about Antoine Simmons after the game, after Antoine Simmons went back to his hometown and put on a clinic, Look, that's all the reason. That's the majority of the reason why Michigan State fans despise U of M. It is what it is, and it starts at the top. And I'm going to let Jeremy go in and knock down the top of this. Well, I think it would be only uh, rightfully said if I said congratulations to Tyler and all the Spartan fans and uh, all the former Spartan players because we've had so many on this show who have been absolutely 100% respectful and just fantastic to talk to. I'm going to mention something really quick that I think is just so funny as Tyler and I had the wonderful conversation about our guest that was on the show last week. And when we asked the question, Tyler did, uh, who do you got this weekend? And Gerald Holmes with a wonderful little smirk, and you can hear it, said, who do you think I got? I think we all should have felt that way. Who do you think is going to win? Because when you look at the last 10 years, Michigan State typically wins this game. So I want to apologize to all the Michigan State people for my blatant arrogance as well and falling for pandering of the media and thinking Michigan was just going to blow Michigan State out. I have no reason to believe that. Yes, last year Michigan blew them out, but if we look at recent history, Michigan State has won this game more often than not. I made a post the other day, and I said, since 2000, Michigan has won 11 times and Michigan State has won 10. 
Lloyd Carr's not here anymore, everyone. It's over. You now have Jim Harbaugh, who's 3-3. Three and three. You had Brady Hoke before, who didn't do very well. And you had Rich Rod, who couldn't beat him at all. Things have changed. I made a thing, and I'm going to post this on my page, and I hope Tyler writes this too. There's a three C's that Michigan people need to realize, especially the fans and media, because they really need to get this. But that doesn't matter. Even the players should understand this. And I hope the coaches do, because they're in this. Culture, coaching, and correction. And correction could also be check yourself. I think Mark D'Antonio said that. They need to check themselves. Michigan needs to check themselves. And they haven't done it yet. And this continues to happen. And guess what? Michigan State fans, you know what you should do? Don't say anything. Just let this keep going. Let this continue. As much as I would love to rant, I think that that's for all the other people because they love to get the clickbait and they like to say crazy things. I'm not going to do that. I'm a former athlete. I know that on any given Saturday and Sunday, I know better that anybody can win. And I was wrong going against Michigan State so easily. And I was also wrong for falling for the bull crap that everybody says about Michigan. I won't do that anymore. And if I do do that, please stop me, Tyler. Please. Yeah, because uh, I want to be better. But let me let me say one last thing and we'll get to the to the meat and potatoes of the show, which is why this happened. Talking and cult in culture and all that, that's one thing. But we'll get to the real reasons they lost. But I'm gonna say this about Jim Harbaugh. Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez did not get fired because they lost to Michigan State and Ohio State. They got fired because they also lost to the Indiana-type team, the Purdue-type team, the, the Maryland, the Rutgers. Jim Harbaugh is on the hot seat this week because Indiana is good. And as good as Indiana is, it ain't acceptable if you lose to Indiana. So look out for that, and we'll get into this more. But that's the reason why Hoke got fired. That's the reason why Rich Rod, Rod got fired. Well, Rich Rod got fired because he was terrible, but Brady Hoke lost to bad teams too. Jim Harbaugh has not yet done that, Tyler. He hasn't really lost to bad teams. The Iowa game in 16 doesn't count because they were really, really good that year. But they have not lost to bad teams or bad programs yet. So let's look out for that. Yeah, and I mean, we'll obviously break down the Indiana-Michigan game this week uh, yeah. later. And obviously Michigan State's got a big one as Rocky Lombardi goes home. But, I mean, if we're going to start with how this game was won, let's start with the player who went home this week and then see Antoine Simmons. Because I, I sat there and I looked at his stats after the game, and I said, 11 tackles. I know the announcers were talking about him, but I saw 34 and a lot more plays than that. Well, there's no question. I thought the defense was outstanding. I think they had a great game plan. I don't think it came down to Michigan State's defense that won this game. I think it's very blatant on why this game was won. But I do think Antoine Simmons was fantastic. I thought the defensive line got to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I want to say this. It's very disrespectful if we don't if we keep ripping Michigan and we don't talk about how good Michigan State played. I thought Michigan State played so well on defense. And I think they changed a lot of things. They tackled outstandingly. Uh, you know, they covered well. Um, you know, they just did a lot of things better this week on defense. But that wasn't the reason. Michigan's defense didn't show up. And, and Michigan State's offense took advantage of it. And, and Michigan just gave up so many big plays. And it was just unbelievable to me. But I don't think it should have been. I think we should have not fell for the pandering. And we should have realized they, they don't have their two best corners from last year. You know, they lost Avery Thomas to opting out. They lost LaVert Hill. They also lost Josh Metellus, who I don't think is a great cover guy, but he is, was a very good safety. And those aren't excuses. Those are just, we need to wake up and say, 
this team lost a lot. They may not be that good. You know, I mean, that's just what it is. Well, and it doesn't help when you don't have help. And those corners did not have help. These are not, I mean, as good as they were. And you can go look at Michigan State's history books, uh, the history of the uh, Big Ten receiver of the year. You know, you you can go and you can look at that and see Tony Lippett and Benny Fowler and Aaron Burbridge, but those guys were not burners in the way that Antonio and Tucker started recruiting as of late. They're not Jalen Naylor fast. They are not Ricky White fast. Who, by the way, uh, obviously deserves quite a bit of love in his second game recording eight catches, 196 yards. And on top of that, he did it replacing Trey Mosley, who was supposed to be uh, one of the three starters who uh, was out with an injury. And, I mean, but you look at it and, look, there there was a conversation that a friend of mine had with a certain blonde-haired Michigan State football player with a cannon for an arm who said, we got a game plan. We're going to shock them. We're going to come out, and we're going to kick their insert expletive here. And I I started thinking to myself, like, okay, well, the game plan is going to be one of the things because Michigan does one thing. They stay in man coverage, and it's one-on-one. And this is part of the reason I wanted to bring it up on Friday when we uh, did our show. I wanted to talk about the receivers is because Michigan stays one-on-one. By the way, credit to number 30. That's uh, Daxon Hill, if I'm not mistaken. Credit him for shutting yeah. down Jaden Reed. Because Jaden Oh, yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. He was unbelievable. The other two... <laughs> The other two corners that would come in, not so much. And you are either going to run crossing patterns against that Michigan defense, just the way, it's just the way they're set up, or you're going to send them deep and hit them with uh, those double moves that McGarrett Kings love so much. And Michigan State yeah. went with the went with sending them deep, and it was effective. Well, I think we're missing – I mean, you're absolutely right. I think what we're missing out on, and I'm sure we were going to get to this eventually, I'll just start it now then, is I think the Michigan State offensive line was fantastic. And I think the biggest thing that I got from coming into the game was I just didn't think that they could block Michigan. I thought that Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay and, and the front line, and then, you know, you send a few guys, I thought they would just have a nightmare of a game because I just didn't think Lombardi uh, is agile enough to go against that. And I didn't think he had the quick release. Well – what happened was, was the absolute opposite. He had enough time. They had double moves and there was plenty of time to run them. I mean, a double move is not the type of route you want to run if you're getting pressure. I mean, it's just, you know, those are, you're asking for an interception. You're asking for a sack. Um, they, they had a couple quick throws. They did well. They didn't run the ball well at all. Um, you know, I mean, they had a couple moments where they had, you know, a couple decent runs, but it wasn't anything spectacular by any stretch of the imagination. They beat them simply by blocking the pass extremely well. It was their plan. They felt if we can protect the quarterback, we can beat them. Protect the quarterback through the air. Let's give them just enough time to get it up there. They hold. I mean, Michigan got flagged, I think, three times in the first quarter or half, Tyler, on pass interference. I didn't see the quite beginning of the game, but I was listening, 
and, and it looked like they were just mugging the receiver from listening to Blaha and Strayhorn. So, you know, the, what that does is that allows you to say, well, now we can't cover the way we like to, right? Because that's how Don Brown is. Let's just get right up on them and mm-hmm. let's tackle guys. Um, they were blatant pass interference after watching again. And, you know, it, it kills them. It just kills them over and over. But let's not not give credit to Michigan State. They protected the passer. And, and they gave Rocky Lombardi time. And I think Michigan wasn't prepared for the freshman. I think they were more concerned about Jaden Reed. And I think what happened was is Vincent Gray, wow. I, I don't know what happened there. I know he got beat a few times last week. But uh, he is really struggling. And, and they are going to have to find some depth at corner. I think Jamon Green, 22, is okay, Tyler. I don't think he's bad. I think he's going to get better and better. He had a couple plays well. The catch that uh, Ricky White had on him, the first score, he was kind of there. You know, was he got beat, but yeah. he didn't get burned. Vincent Gray was getting burned. So, you, you know, Daxton Hill's a good guy. Um, let, let me just say this. Michigan's got to do what State just did. They got to quit. Don't pout. You got Indiana. You got to get up, dust yourself off, and you got more football to play. So hopefully that's what they do, but I have my doubts. Yeah, yeah. Indiana's uh, looking like a good football team. I mean, obviously, we'll see if Penn State was overrated. As the weeks progress, it's still too early in the season to really make these snap judgments and, you know, not get Mm. some scrubs like UAB or, you know, Pine Bluff or whoever you want to schedule out of the way. But yeah. yeah, this is a this is a team that look they they made no adjustments, and I'm just absolutely shocked. You talked about Michigan State's offensive line; they made an adjustment there after last week, and yeah. it, you know Nick Samick got the start. He looked really good starting. Blake Buter went down with an injury. We saw J.D. Duplain, and then all of a sudden the left side of that line shored up a little bit more throughout the course of the Michigan game. And this is this is what I was expecting, you know, last week. I was expecting this line to be able to protect the quarterback and give him time. And they didn't do that last week. But they're doing it mm-hmm. now. They're getting out on screen, something that never happened under D'Antonio. Michigan State was always the worst screening team in the history of college football under him, even during uh, his successful seasons. And this is a different offensive line. And like I said, it's a young group. It's still recruited by D'Antonio. So there is still that uh, punch you in the mouth mentality, which Tucker's also recruiting and what Tucker's also going after. And look, they, they played absolutely fantastic in fast coverage. Uh, I think Rocky only got hit a couple of times, which is more than I can say for Joe Milton, but we saw Mm -hmm. your biggest concern was we saw all of these guys, we saw all of these players get replaced from Michigan. We saw their offensive line get replaced. We saw their defensive backfield get replaced. And that was where it hurt them. That was where it hurt them. And part of, that may have been part of the reason why Milton did not take any deep shots down the field. Um, he's not accurate on the deep ball, though. And Michigan State dared him a few times. But... And he wasn't able to capitalize, but those spots that you talked about at the beginning of the year, you said, look, these are problem issues for Michigan. And while that may technically be true, you know, we also need to talk about 
why it's a problem for Michigan. You said you wanted to go in and then kind of uh, backpedaled a little bit at the beginning of the show. I thought we were going to, you know, spend a lot of time listening to um, an anger management session from you. But <laughs> but we need to talk about why this why they weren't so successful. And when you break that, when you break all of that down, the offensive line still has five-star guys. The defensive backfield still has four and five-star guys. Every year, Michigan sends players to the draft. They always recruit four and five-star. All the individual players go into the draft. That's how it's been at U of M. There is a four yeah. to five there's a three to five year window in there where we don't know what happens but together that group does not make it work and that falls on coaching oh there, there's no question I mean look I'm, I'm not Harbaugh and his staff are not off the hook I just felt like you know I'd like to be a little more mature than some of these people in media because I think it's very disrespectful to just only talk about Harbaugh and how much of a jackass he is when Michigan State played well. Yeah. Um, if you want me to get to the to the JA session, let's begin. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is not a motivator. I mean, I, I think we're finding this out more and more each year. Um, he's going to have his team good. He's going to get decent recruits. Uh, I think Jamon Green is a three-star, but it doesn't matter. I mean, look. Ricky White, I don't even care what star he is. He played really well. We didn't know who he was. We didn't give it enough respect. Um, we prepared for Jaden Reed. We didn't prepare for the other guys. It's preparation. It's coaching. It's culture. And, and right now, Michigan is falling short on that. As far as talent, I think Michigan State has a ton of talent. I mean, I think that there's a lot of kids on that program that are great athletes. I think it's just tears, right? We know where Ohio State is. That's a blatant domination of recruiting. They're better than everybody with talent. But I think when you look at the other levels, you look at Penn State's of the world, Michigan State, Michigan, there's a lot of darn good football players on Absolutely. those teams. The problem Michigan has is very simple. When you come into a football game against a Michigan State, who is a team that is your number one rival, you have to match the intensity. You have to match the attitude. And I just feel as if they came out flat. Look, they came out flat last year. They're just so lucky that they had a couple things go their way. I mean, you know, you, you have the block punt, that helps. You have a couple turnovers for Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State smacked them in the mouth last year, too. They were up 7 nothing mm-hmm. in the first quarter. That was a bad team last year that was coming towards the end of Mark D'Antonio. That's not the same group. This is a motivated team who just lost a game. Any coach in the world knows when you're playing your rival and they just got embarrassed, they are going to be pissed. They're going to come out angry. They really don't like you enough. Now they really hate you because now you're 24 and a half point favorites. So they really are going to play number one. What are they going to play like? They're going to play, let's just play with our hair on fire. No one thinks we're going to win anyway. That's a disadvantage for the favorite team all the time. Michigan comes into these games with their rival title. Like they're just going to win it because they're Michigan. And Jim Harbaugh's at fault for that because anytime you come into a game, and you don't make any adjustments, and you have no plan for this team. And it's almost like they thought they could just get cute, too. What did we do when we got to the goal line? Oh, let's go Wildcat and throw with Haskins because we do that all the time. I thought that was ridiculous. I thought that was a slap in the face of Sparty, and it matters. State loved it. They're like, these guys just think they're going to beat us. We got news for you. 
that's on Harbaugh. That's on Don Brown. You know, Josh Gaddis, I thought, got a little too cute again. I mean, I just felt like he, you know, he's done a great job, though. I'm really happy with him. I think Joe Milton played pretty well. I thought he, I thought the guy should have been sacked five or six oh, more yeah. times. He, he, I mean, Michigan he escaped State was the all over quite him. a few times. So, one more thing. I know you, four new starters in the offense line, it mm-hmm. does matter. But I thought they played really well in week one. You thought you would figure they would build on that. Um, I, I thought, you know, so I got to say this real quick before I forget. Jim Harbaugh, God, just stop. Eric All could be maybe the best tight end we've ever had here. Eric All is a good tight end. I think he's super talented. Eric All has had four drops already this year. Can we please stop pandering, Jim? Can we please stop saying these things? These kids need a boot from behind. So maybe Jim Harbaugh's thing is in the media we just say these things. But I'll tell you what, just stop saying it, period. Because I'm getting tired of hearing it. I think everybody in Michigan, you know, I'll be honest, Tyler, a lot of these Michigan fans are over it. They're over it. They're tired of believing it. They're really tired of it. And if he loses to Indiana this week, which we'll break down another day, good luck, man, because it's getting out of hand. Yeah, and uh, the I was just absolutely shocked by the fact Michigan was just so demanding that they're going to run that football. Like, they, they didn't have success on it. Antoine Simmons, Noah Harvey, Naquan Jones, Jake Ponishuk all balled out. Um, you know, like I said, Ponishuk was probably due because he slept through the Rutgers game. Mm-hmm. But those those guys balled out. Michigan's got talented receivers. They were really effective throwing the ball between five and eight yards. You know, you can supplement a run game with a short passing game. And they could have used that a little bit more. Obviously, they couldn't go deep because Michigan State's got talented corners. We talked about this. This is a team that the cupboard isn't empty, but at the same time, Joe Milton is real is one of the best quarterbacks in the country on anything less than twelve yards. But when you factor when you factor yeah, in the no. deep ball, when you factor in the fact that he doesn't have those jump ball receivers, he does have a couple speed demons who should have been who should be able to break it from time to time. But when you factor that in, and when you factor in how long he holds onto the ball, um, I know uh, there was one play uh, he left a receiver. Uh, Actually, there were quite a few where he left the receiver hanging out to dry, which, you know, again, could be credited to Michigan State's defensive play calling because they were they were making sure that they were covering all of that underneath stuff because that's the only spot where Milton's ultimately effective. You know, he's he's not effective throwing it beyond the sticks. And so I think that's a. You know, again, just a credit to Michigan State, but Milton was leaving his guys hanging out to dry. He knows he has a big arm, and, you know, he never made those adjustments. No, there's no question. I think the thing that we got to realize is, okay, like this is the reason why I believe our show is different than other people's is we do actually break the game down. We don't just talk about, you know, crap, you know, that doesn't matter, like who said what. Well, I mean, I, I did think the thing we have to look at with Michigan Milton, is, but yeah. No, but, you know, we, we talk about the real stuff that happens in the games, which you know, I really wish more people would talk about this. And I think that, I, I mean, I'm looking at myself in the mirror 
Saturday morning, Tyler. I'm so glad that I didn't do this because I think I learned a lot about, you know, myself again. Like, I'm a former athlete. I know how this whole thing works. When I seen the Minnesota-Maryland score, I said, oh, no, I think I might be wrong about my team. And, and, you know, I almost posted something. It said, Tyler, can I take back my score guess? Because I just felt like, oh, my God, Minnesota actually might not be as good as we thought. You don't like to do that because every game's different, right? Michigan State, for example, look, they look terrible in week one. They look really good in game two. So you want to just see this thing play out. The thing when you look at Michigan just schematically and what the players they have, here's one of the things we have to watch for this season. They got really quick, fast twitch guys, but they're not big guys. So most of their stuff that's going to work is short slants, um, you know, that, that speed, you know, quick, you know, bubbles type screen, or they get the guy in motion, they'd like to dump it to him real quick and get him in space, right? That's speed and space with Josh Gass when it works. If the line blocks well, they can also RPO out of it, and they might get a quick run up the middle. What they didn't do well is they didn't get the guy in space and throw that quick, you know, pass to the guy in motion coming out, with, whether it's Giles Jackson or whether it's Sainer Still or whether it's Roman Wilson, whoever it is, right? Uh, Blake Corum, they did it the first play of the game against Minnesota. That's their best stuff right now. Urban Meyer, can't stand the guy, made a great point about it, though. That's where he's good. Joe Milton, those are simple plays where he doesn't have to do much, and you can just get everything with quick slant routes, everything in the middle, and everything on quick, just quick throws, catch it, boom, throw it, and let the guy run. He hasn't had a pass yet this year that maybe the Ronnie Bell over the middle, though, that was about 15 yards plus and caught it and ran with it and then fell down. That's going to be something to look for because I think they're going to play deep safeties, and I think they're going to play press coverage, and he's going to have to be able to throw in windows with the deep ball. And I think you're going to see guys cover them that way, where they're going to have linebackers kind of hanging out in the middle to protect the crossing stuff. I think they're going to play press cover, and they're just going to have to worry about those quick passes when they get them in space, right? So I, Michigan's offense right now will never work unless they run the ball. Unless we see major improvement from Joe Milton. So that's something to look at with this offense is if they can't run the ball well, Tyler, they're not going to have second and short, third and short. You've seen what happened when it was third mm-hmm. and long. They have a hard time. And, and I just think that they're going to have to figure out, man, maybe this year we're just going to have to you know, dip and dunk and short passes and let our fast guys run. But the great thing about Michigan State's defense is they tackled so well. And they did not let guys run much after the catch. Maybe the last drive, you know, they kind of backed yeah, the off prevent a stuff, They played way yeah. deep in coverage. But it's just something to look for. I mean, it really is. I mean, it, will this team get better when they will they get a deep threat? Yeah, right and, now they um, don't have it. Look, th- th- this isn't like a 100% knock on Milton. This, you know, it's his first year starting. He's got a lot to learn. And, and no. he's got a lot of time I to get Milton. it done. And he's working with a new offensive line. Yeah. So, you know what? Credit to him because he, he he biffed it a couple of times during the course of the game. And he had Ponishuk on him a few times. He had Naquan Jones bearing down on him a couple of times. And that's got to be the scariest sight for any quarterback in the history of life. And because... Look yeah. how he eluded it, though. I thought he was fantastic, actually. He didn't pass the ball well, but he was so – the dude should – if that's Dylan McCaffrey, that's five more sacks. If that's Shea Patterson, oh, God. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, this game – I'm going to just say this, Tyler. You know, I'm sorry I'm getting carried away here, but let me say this one thing. Yeah. That game should have been a blowout. 
Michigan State should have won that football game by two touchdowns. Yeah, and, uh, they were that obvious, much better. I mean, the one thing that I can think of is on that first down with about 40 seconds left at the end of the first half, you know, take that deep shot. Why not? It's working. Don Brown's not going to change anything. We said he was stubborn. Like, I would have I would have just ran four verts and let him have at it. But we'll uh, – I yeah. mean, that, that's just something that I don't think Michigan State's obviously going to be able to do. Iowa's going to be a lot more disciplined even this week. Um, there will be moments, though, yeah. like now that you look at it and you look at a guy like Jordan Simmons, who all of a sudden is starting to look a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, Hayward looks good out of the backfield. I'm still not 100 percent convinced with him as a runner but you know coming out of the backfield um screens and out and ins and you know those types of things i mean where he can go right up to a linebacker make one move you know he doesn't beat the guy by much um but he has the hands to hold on to the rock still like he did on his uh first touchdown you know i like him there um, I still want to see what happened to Elijah Collins. You know, Jaden Reed is, you know, he had 100 yards in his first game in East Lansing. Obviously, we saw what Ricky White did in his second game in college, and we know what Jalen Naylor's capable of. There's weapons on this team. There's weapons think about the on confidence, this team. Tyler. Yeah, think about the confidence. Yeah, I mean, when you think of that, what you just said, I mean, if you're a Michigan State fan, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, if they can build off this win and you look at the teams they play, and you, and everybody's really not that great right now besides Ohio State. I yeah. mean, I can't think of a team right now that I go, ooh, that team is going to be really tough to beat. I mean, Indiana, you can beat them still. Mm-hmm. You have to play well now, but you can beat them. Penn State has got – they're just banged up. I mean, they're down to their third-string running back. Um, you know, they're very talented, though. I mean, they're going to have to go against a very talented group when you play yeah, that. Yeah, Ohio happening. State, yeah, good luck. But everybody else, like Iowa, Northwestern, a 21-20 game. I mean, I think Michigan State, with what's happened the first two games as far as on offense, they should be very confident because they've got three or four guys that yeah, should be, and, you know, walking around. It's not even confidence this year because you um, look you know, at these guys, they're all babies. <laughs> they're all, with yeah. the exception of Hayward, they're all freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, I mean, in this rivalry game, I mean, this is their one up on the young players from Michigan. I mean, they're going to be very confident next year. Uh, but as far as this, the whole season, I mean, I just think, look, Michigan State, it's going to come down to that offense. I mean, I just think that when you play teams like Penn State, in Ohio State, you just have to score, and, and that's the hard part. But all the other teams that they play against, I mean, they got a great opportunity to win. I mean, what do we say? We're, you were five and three, right? I was five and three. Michigan and Michigan or Michigan. Hold State, on one second here. I actually you just found three, all right? my notes while we were in the middle of recording this, and uh, I'm trying to find it right now. I... So as Tyler's looking, I'm going to mention this. I mean, we were pretty high on Michigan State to shock people. What we weren't high on on my end, because I'm a doofus, was I just didn't think Michigan State had a chance this last weekend. But as far as coming into the year, I mean, we thought Michigan State would surprise people. They're very Mm -hmm. talented. They're much more talented than people think. 
Michigan, I thought because of their struggles, would lose three games. I mean, I said one and one right now, and uh, you know, I just thought it would flip flop. I thought Minnesota would beat them, and you know, they beat Michigan State. I mean, it's one of those deals where, and I think Michigan mm-hmm. is going to lose yeah, to Indiana. Yeah, I remember weekend, that. I think I, I, I can't find that. the notes. Um, Indiana's for, been uh, close that game. So yeah. yeah, I know I had four and four for Michigan State, which at the time we thought, wow. Well, right now it's not a wow. I mean, right now it's a we got to get, you know, like Ohio State's the team that, ouch, we're going to have to play like out of this world to beat them. Everybody else. Michigan State can beat. And I think when you get confident, mm-hmm. when you beat your rival, this sometimes happens. But I think for Michigan State fans, let's, let's just, you know, this is not – you don't have to take this advice because I know it's, it's great to throw it in Michigan's face because we deserve it. But really what they should be talking about now is we got a great chance yeah, and, um, to have a hell of a you know, this, Again, we're, it's not that we've really – by Michigan, it's just something that you know. All of a sudden, the Big Ten looks really funky, and we'd be able to tell a little bit more uh, if Michigan State had their opening schedule and got to play against Toledo, got to play against Miami, got to play against BYU. And, you know, and we'd be able to tell a little bit more if you had those uh, mm-hmm. preseason games, um, obvious or pre-conference season games, and obviously that's something that's not the case across the entire country. But it's it's a mess right now, and yep. you know, normally you have about three or four weeks to sort this out before conference play begins, and we don't have that time. And so players are learning on the fly, coaches are learning on the fly. You know, uh, Mel Tucker got his first win in East Lansing at the Big House. You know, that is a huge step. Uh, last guy who. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beat Michigan the first time around, Nick Saban. So hopefully Tucker A works mm-hmm. out because look, like I said, well, I'm willing to forgive him a little bit more for Rutgers. You know, you still have to show me the development. You have to show me um that attitude that you walked into the big house with. Um, you know, you need to show me that and you need to show me the development of the players. You know, that's what I want. I, I don't I don't give a crap about the recruiting numbers. I'm gonna say this he's about recruiting Mel Tucker. at the same level of D'Antonio. If you can develop players like D'Antonio yeah. did, you're gonna have a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And if you go ahead. I I'm I'm sorry, I'm getting I'm you know, I'm I'm gonna say this. I'm very excited for the possibility of Michigan state doing something that I just didn't think was going to happen because clearly I respect the living crap out of Michigan state. Cause I've met so many great people in Michigan state. I'm one of the few that have a brain on the Michigan side. Clearly they don't like to, I think they have a brain. They just a little too, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, they're in their bubble. It's like, they're going to be in the bubble for the rest of their life. You know, they've been in a pandemic forever. That pandemic is, uh, respecting others. But anyway, um, you know, I, I just think that when they showed the thing with Nick Saban, I started thinking about, because we've been so well-versed in mm-hmm. this rivalry, how good Nick Saban was getting them. And he won that game, and they just weren't that good, right? I mean, they were kind of hovering around decent, and yeah. then, boom, 99 happened, and they were great. They were so good, and they were fantastic. And they were like, oh, my God, not only did they just pound us, 
and we got lucky to come back with Brady. They're just more talented than us. I mean, they're faster, they're stronger, they're bigger. And, and then Saban just couldn't stay longer. My thing with Mel Tucker is I think they're going to deal with that for a few years, Tyler, where it's just too hard to catch up with recruiting. I mean, you can't just catch up and dominate Michigan right away. Like, I still think Michigan will win a few games in here. You know, maybe not. God, it depends if they show up. But they're not going to surpass Ohio State. It's going to take too long. But I think when you get to that year four, now he's getting, like, a lot of better recruits who believe in what he's doing. The possibility of that happening is very high. The problem is for Michigan State is when were they? Will they ever say, you know what? We're just better than Michigan. Let's just get the let's compete against Ohio State. See, D'Antonio was getting very close with that, where he was, you know, he finally got those big time kids. And what happened? You know, he, luck has it that they didn't turn out. That's what killed Michigan State. If Michigan State, if that would have turned out, we never would be having these conversations. Michigan State would already be further ahead. We wouldn't have the the big expecting Michigan to win thing. Michigan State would still be expected to win. So I'm I'm gonna be let's be on the watch for that, Tyler, to see what happens. You know, I know we're a long ways away, but I think that's gonna be the thing is, you know, I don't like to be a fortune teller, you know, and, and tell you the future, but if Mel Tucker can get recruits at the level of Michigan, look the you know, heck out. Because, you know, as much as I don't think he's a great coach yet, he gets those players and they keep building momentum. I mean, this is scary. Yeah, and you know, uh, we'll, we'll obviously, you know, talk a little call. bit more as the season pans out. We start to – we can finally put the pieces together. Like I said, you know, there's just a lot of crazy stuff happening around the Big Ten right now. Um, Penn State's been a little – Do you like Harbaugh Ooh. to come back? I mean, I didn't I, – I, I just want to be grown. Oh. I, I'm maturing in front of your eyes, Tyler. You know, I mean, I don't want to rip the guy. I just kind of, like, want to let this happen. I don't want to rip Mel Tucker look, anymore. Look, the you know, Tucker thing, kind of even though I did person. crush him after week one, like I said, he can earn a lot of goodwill back, and he did. And he handled himself accordingly. He wasn't running his mouth after the game, and that was a concern of mine is, okay, is he going to address this in that professional manner, or is he going to be, like, you know, the – other guy and is he gonna run his mouth afterwards and so he handled himself professionally he obviously got the win which was the most important part you know he's having fun with it uh, it's that it's that type of thing that like i said even if it were a close loss for michigan state as long as they were competitive as long as he handled himself well he can earn a lot of goodwill back after the rutgers game and he went along and he did that and look, I'm. He's still. He's look. You, you and I. We said that. We said this uh, after the game. He's still the Plan B guy. You know, he wasn't. He's not fickle. And yeah, he he's still the Plan B guy. And there's still some yeah. situations around the board of trustees slash athletic department and Mel Tucker's hiring that makes me uncomfortable. Um, it really does, but. You know, if you can ride some momentum, you can ride a lot of momentum uh, by winning uh, in this rivalry. And, you know, he's obviously off to a good start, and we'll see if it can continue throughout the course of this year. Like I said, there's talent there. The only thing is, is now how do you handle it? Because now people know. Now now people know about Ricky White. Now people know about Jaden Reed. Now people know 
Right. Well, I mean, they kind of figured it out about Trey Mosley or whatever, but you know, you now they know what Jalen Naylor can do as a receiver because we've ultimately only seen him as a returner for the most part until late last mm-hmm. year. You know, they but now now you know and uh if they can make the adjustments accordingly throughout the course of this season, you know, that that's going to fall that's going to tell us ultimately where we stand with Tucker and how he's going to handle certain levels of success. Because at this point, look, Michigan state's not a championship contender. They're not a big 10 contender. So the highest of highs, the highest of highs you can get right now, because you're not going to beat Ohio state is, can you beat Michigan? And so he's already hit the highest of highs, but he's also hit the lowest of lows because he lost to Rutgers. And so, how so we'll get to see how he handles <laughs> well let me say this every about... different level of success literally throughout the course of this mm-hmm. upcoming season if he beats Iowa but then loses to Maryland yeah you know again it's the highest of highs lowest to low situation because uh, Iowa might be yeah. the second best team right. on the schedule as weird as that sounds for me to say yeah and so th- well, it, it's going to be really uh oh god interesting to see how uh things pan out the rest of the way but yeah we'll uh let me say one thing about if he switches back real to quick, khakis. and then i think this is something to look for again and give me 30 seconds <laughs> oh god please don't okay like i oh i'm an idiot by the way because i i got so excited about his pants last week i'm just oh god okay I, i'm a better man today I've, I've improved myself michigan state slapped me in the face so i'm better today um I'm telling you right now, Tyler, if Jim Harbaugh loses a couple games this year that are not Ohio State, and let's just say even Penn State, if he loses to Penn State and Ohio State only the rest of the way, he's okay. If he loses to Indiana and he loses to Penn State and he loses and gets crushed by Ohio State, I don't think there's any way possibly he can come back because I, I just think that the way they lost to Michigan State, considering the favorites of being 24-and-a-half-point favorites, you can't come back from that, Tyler. I mean, you know, it's not, it's just not going to work at Michigan. There's too many people with too much to say. And I think even Ward Manuel will say, look, man, I mean, this isn't working. Or, or Jim will just say, let me just walk away. So, you know, I, I just look for that. I mean, I think if they lose to Penn State and Ohio State, okay. Those are talented teams, but if they lose to Indiana on top of that, or they drop another game, oh, you know, I think besides you can take Ohio State, 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 I think strong, Tyler, I really do. I, if you if you lose to Ohio State, you're good. If you lose to anybody else, it's gonna be there's gonna be some issues. And yeah, and and so you yes, can take Penn State out of it because we don't rival. Yeah, we don't know what Penn State's are. Really are they good? Are they not? We we don't know for sure. So. But again, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. Huh? Obviously, a huge game for Michigan, huge bounce back game. On what planet? In what year of this 2020 season? This 2020 year, Michigan and Indiana face off in football, and Indiana's ranked higher. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Purdue's uh, 2-0. Your state is yeah. killing it in football. But, uh, look, it, 
we'll we'll break down the Indiana Michigan game. <laughs> Sorry, we'll break down the number thirteen versus number the number thirteen Indiana versus the number twenty three Michigan Wolverines. We'll we'll break that down later this week. We'll also talk about Michigan State. Oh God, big game against Iowa. If they can keep the momentum going um, on the Tucker train, but um, we'll we'll talk about that later this week. Yeah, I'm looking. I. I'm going to do something uh, more or less on my own a little bit tomorrow because I owe somebody an apology. And so I'm going to, we're going to do a little cross promotional thing. And uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to eat my words and I'll do it happily in regards to Ricky white. Oh no. And so, so, so be on the lookout for that tomorrow. But that does it for us today on the Trouble with the Snap Podcast. For Jeremy File, I am Tyler.